The following program is brought to you by your friends at Podcast One. Don't forget to download our new Podcast One app. Podcast One presents Starving for Attention with Richard Blaze, an entertaining behind-the-scenes look at the world of food, where you'll hear from anyone and everyone from the culinary industry, including restaurateurs, TV hosts, celebrity chefs, producers of your favorite cooking shows, and many more. Now, here's your host, Richard Blaze. Hey everyone, uh, welcome to Starving for Attention. It is a podcast recorded here in Los Angeles, We're California. Back in studio. In the walk in studio, which we've yeah. never really t- done what I've wanted to do from the beginning, which like, was create the walk in studio vibe. Basically, it's because like, we, we, we like time share the studio like here. Like old milk and like. Well, no, yeah, I guess like make it look though like <laughs> you know it's that like smell? our You know that walk in smell? Definitely. Well, I mean, I, I, most of, I mean, all of our walk ins right now are just like smell like, you know, bleach and citrus scents. Well, and there's stuff always like that. that, but there's always just a smell of food, like yeah, a, a non specific. Cold of course, food yeah. Smell. It's a, it's yeah. a walk-in it's a, storage area. Yeah. I get it, and also, or um, like the the humming of the fan that keeps the refrigerator on. Mm-hmm. Maybe we need to work that, Jeff. Just really screw the audio up and yeah. just like <laughs> have some horrible background noise. But I always wanted to call it the walk-in. Today's episode uh, is a chef perfect for the uh, gossip of a walk-in. Chef Mark Murphy, uh, Food Network talent. Extraordinaire, longtime New Yorker. He's run a number of restaurants. His story is even more fascinating. than you might know. I mean, he's worked in some big Michelin star kitchens. He's he's an entrepreneur. He's a restaurateur. And he's one of your favorite Food Network personalities, Jasmine. Isn't that true? Yeah. Because why? Uh, probably because he gives you a hard time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is true. He likes to sort of bat it back across the net pretty aggressively. Uh, I like that. Sort of like, you know, like East Coast love. Yeah. Wait, I think we've That's talked the way about they show that. love. Yeah, definitely. It's like if I give you a little bit of uh, yeah, you're beloved. Sorry, yeah. I'm going to get beeped there. But like, if I give it to you, you give it back to me. And yeah, that's how you know we're like we like yeah. each other because we make fun of totally. each other a little bit. Uh, he reminds uh, me a little bit of some of your uncles too. He's got that sort of like wit yeah. about him. Yeah. Um, but one of my favorite people, and I have to say, one of the people who like I didn't I I, I didn't have really I was indifferent about until I spent time with. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, I really really like this guy. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. outside of the fact, like like oh, I really like this person because they do a good job and they're inspiring. Yeah. No, I really like this person. You like them as a person he's fun to hang out yeah. with he also and, and that doesn't i mean it happens enough but it's not the every reaction right <laughs> for anyone right yeah, yeah because yeah, I, yeah. I mean i always find like the great greatest parts about people and and aspire to like the things that they do really really well but you don't like everyone you just like sometimes you just like appreciate what they do yeah. um mark murphy also has meant um something to our family well no but i had a i had a moment the other day where you know preparing for the this podcast i remembered that like I never, I have never met Mark before, mm-hmm. but our kind of pasts are intertwined in this really interesting way. Um, and I don't know if it'll come up in the podcast, but you know, we way back when I was pregnant and we were just off Top Chef, and probably it had the finale hadn't even aired yet. Mm-hmm. We were meeting with uh, Jennifer Baum. Yeah, look Bullfrog at that. And Bomb. Big time New York City publicist. Yeah, and we met at Landmark. 
We did for a like a, a, a swanky yeah. uh, midweek like breakfast. brunchy meeting. Yeah. yeah, like a breakfast brunch meeting, which is like something you only do in big cities. Totally. I'm pretty sure I had the oatmeal. Probably. <laughs> probably. I probably had the huevos ranchero. They're not on the menu no, there because it's definitely a show. It was like a, a three egg omelet. But it was like, but, but it was interesting because I mean like that that was what 10 years ago probably from from here. Yeah, like, it's interesting. I never there's not even a moment that I really would have thought about. Yeah. But like the moment before and a lot of like again I just came off the road I was in Phoenix yesterday talking to like a lot of young people in our industry that are working in you know every type of restaurant that you can imagine all different genres and levels of cuisine uh, and volume levels yeah. um, you know what happens like when you become or you start to become the celebrity chef mm. we have never really talked about that which no. is interesting but like the, one of the first things is well do you need a publicist personally right. for yourself not right. just like piggybacking off a restaurant publicist right. do you need a manager do you right. need an agent do well you- but, I mean if you think about that that breakfast if you think about that moment Jennifer Baum is you know that, that Bullfrog and Baum relationship really put us on a road to having those things, right? It to connected having, us. To a manager. It connected us to having literally. a publicist. Literally. Yes. Right. So it's interesting, right, to think back to these little, like, fulcrum moments. It is. To be like, oh, wow, that really turned turned the little turnstile and put this train on a different track. You know? um, also, just like I remember now, like, I'm um, getting, like, uh, uh, like being a little bit nervous about it. And, like, totally. our, uh, you know, um, uh, our kid, we, we also have gone to Landmark. Okay, we we've gone to Landmark again. with yeah, our we kids went, yeah. when they were super young. And yep. I remember also being in one of Mark Murphy's restaurants where, like, I was worried that our kids weren't, like, hey, we're in the Time Warner Center. Yeah, yeah, Like, yeah. this is a big deal. And, like, our kids are going to, like, want crayons. Oh, my yeah. God. Kids are going to want crayons. You know, like, they're right, going to, like, right. embarrass us as like food people. Not, don't say us. That's no, they you. didn't. That's and I, I'm feeling. totally yeah. over that. But I remember looking back, those sort of feelings. So Mark Murphy, basically what we're saying, has connected most of the dots of our success. <laughs> it's, all, without, it's all due to him. Without <laughs> knowing it, uh, he's done it. Uh, he comes from a diplomatic family. Yeah. Uh, he also did a lot of the things. Uh, he, he worked within the um, State Department Chef's Diplomatic right. Program, which I did. It was. I do hope it comes back. Maybe, because it, maybe it was, in two years. Uh, it was, I mean, one, it's always was fun to like, I mean, I have a chef jacket with like the U.S. State Department like seal on it. Yeah, gold. And I don't and wear chef jackets of, yeah. and I don't save them. Yeah. But like that one I do have in yeah. my closet yeah. because it's like got the it's emblem got, like, of the United States of America on it. Yeah. Right. And it's like a pretty big deal to yeah. be like, what's oh, up? Like, yeah. Maybe I'll wear it for Halloween this year. It's almost like you guys are like superheroes for the United States. Like, you know. It was but culinary ones. It, it was, I, and uh, I mean, I got it again. We were we were supposed to go to Estonia, but but we didn't make that trip, and then we went to Thailand for right. the U.S. State Department. But Mark's done a, a bunch more because yeah. he uh, grew up in Italy for a while, and he lived in Paris, and uh, he speaks Italian, right. um, and he's a little bit more in the in New York, being a little bit more in the uh, United Maybe he's Nations. He's more diplomatic zone. than you. He's definitely is. <laughs> this is no doubt about it. I mean, like I'm just for a niche group of people. Obviously, yeah. everyone Estonians. who's listening, Estonians who have us ranked. <laughs> Oh, this is a funny story. Estonians, yeah. I had a, that's also, it was very interesting how they like, like, okay, it's natural that like Mark Murphy was, who speaks Italian goes to Italy. <laughs> I'm going to Estonia. Yeah, you were which Estonia was like, and Latvia, I think, were the... Amazing. Two, right? But it was also like, I, like it was, I, I missed that trip. I really wish that we got a chance to go there. And yeah. then I got to cook for a Thai princess, which was also really amazing though. Like the protocol, I think we might have talked about it on the podcast before, but mm. the protocol of cooking for actual royalty oh, yeah. is insane. And like I remember like with the State Department, 
and before that meal and like you're gonna meet the princess yeah. like they break down everything for you like what's going on with the family Use the like you get cook. the big dossier right it's like listen never approach her unless she approaches you don't if she extends a hand you like there's all these sort of things and like I'm just giving her like a cookbook yeah. I gave her a cookbook right. and she gave me like a trophy <laughs> Like, it was like amazing, but it wasn't, it wasn't, it was an awesome experience. And I remember like the state department breaking down like the protocol with me. And then at the end I was like, got it. It's just like cooking for Padma Lakshmi. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. They didn't do that for uh, LeBron when he met um, Will and Catherine. Remember that picture that they, went around? Remember, like, LeBron's got his arms around right? the royals, and you're and not like, supposed to touch them. The queen like is like... <gasps> I doubt it. No, but probably not. I mean, first of all, he's the king. True. <laughs> I guess I he mean, does trump them. So. He, he, yeah, I mean, look at that. Look at the puns are just flying right now. Oh, man. You're um, But Mark Murphy, uh, amazing. Uh, and we get a, 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 a lucky that he's rolling through Los Angeles yeah. here. Yeah, we caught him uh, right before say. he was uh, getting on a flight. So Exactly. Good timing. Nice string of, like... Uh, um, bonafide, like, uh, f- uh, celebrity chef people coming on the pod in the next yeah. couple of weeks, right? That's right, yeah. We, we got, got Michelle we got good... Bernstein and Mark yeah. Forgione. There's a couple other people lined up. I haven't seen the schedule yet, but yeah, we got they happen great, to be great, rolling through Southern stuff. California while yeah. we're here, yeah. which has also been a challenge because we're so, we're so busy as well. Yeah. Hey, everyone, here are some useful car tips you might not be aware of. A coffee filter and a little bit of olive oil can clean your interior of your car, right? Huh. Yeah, yeah not well, your body. Both, yeah, maybe. Maybe. Uh, removing excess weight from your car will improve gas mileage. Yeah, this one makes sense, generally yeah. speaking, right? Sure. Like if you want to balloon the fly higher, you throw something off of it. I think that kind of works. <laughs> and if you can place your key fob to your chin, it will increase its range. That one is kind of weird. Uh, well, listen, here's another tip you might not know about. True Car also helps people get used cars. That's right. True Car isn't just for buying new cars. With their certified dealer network and nationwide inventory of nearly 1 million used cars, you'll enjoy real pricing on actual inventory and a simpler buying experience, whether you buy new or used. And with True Car, users can see what others pay. So they know if they're getting a good deal before buying. They're also more likely to enjoy a faster buying experience by connecting with TrueCar certified dealers. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, check out TrueCar and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Some features are not available in all states. Um, I want to also do, this is just me, I love how we spitball, because people answer us when we well, like, kind of crowdsource some yeah. of these questions. I want to start talking about the, the, the health and fitness lifestyle oh, thing that yeah, we're embarking we on. We're going to do one well, we episode. Yeah, and it'll either it. bomb yeah. or it'll absolutely just be de- destroying up, and, ep- and like we won't really episode. know either way. So that's great. <laughs> well, first of all, that's an insult to Jeff. That's not, that's uh, not like Jeff's department. That, no, it's not Jeff's department, but he's the only one who represents uh, Podcast One at the moment. That's in the room. That's uh, true. So, like, we will not have the metrics to know. <laughs> we will have one person commenting on our Instagram. That's like, don't ever do that again. Or I loved it, and we'll just have to go. With, and then uh, you'll be like, everybody loved it, or yeah. everybody hated it. And that's, that's how you. How that you, is how uh, I extrapolate that information. Yeah. My favorite, um, again, because we read all of your reviews, guys. Do us a favor. Subscribe to the podcast. Yeah, write a review. I, we write should a do review. some sort of giveaway. We only have 303 reviews. Kind of giveaway to do. We give away some of those chef coats you have. Anybody want oh, an old chef hey, coat? Hey, do you guys want a State Department gold, chef coat? Golden epaulets. <laughs> I think we, you know what? The sad thing is, I got it. I thought I was in better shape. It's a little small for me. I could probably fit into it right now, but I was like busting buttons out of that State Department chef jacket. We're going to do some sort <laughs> of like Maybe it was the European gift. cut. That's it's what, yeah. Not the American I, cut. No, because I usually ask for, you know how I, I am know. with chef jackets. You ask for small. I no, know. I ask for women's small. 
Why are you don't know this? That? No. <laughs> Jeff is laughing. That's because like really tailored through the waist, though. I know, That's but not usu- where you need the but tailoring, But usually though. chef jackets are tailored out because chefs tend to be larger people, yeah. usually. and? So I've combated that by getting female chef Why jackets. Why don't you just get a men's extra small? Well, because I thought I was smaller than I was. You're not a women's small. I'm not. At all. I'm not. Even in like chef jacket cuts, you're not. I'm, I realize this now, but okay. on that trip to Thailand... Also, people, I think it, it was it was. So it you're was, basically rocking Cat Cora's jacket. That's not essentially even. what's happening. Well, yes, but also like a Thai person's Cat Cora, like a Thai lady's Cat Cora jacket, because That's Thai ridiculous. people are also pretty thin. And it was made out there, I think. Anyway, I don't think so. I'm just keeping it real. I, I think it was made went in through the a US. phase <laughs> where I fit into a couple of women's small chef jackets. I, I don't. I don't believe. What, ask, is, ask, what does fit ask mean? Cameron. What does fit mean? mean what are we meaning saying? like, like the, top, the top two buttons were, were screaming a little bit. a little bit more oversight on this. All right. Well, listen. We're going to fix that up. I don't wear a lot of chef jackets. That's the lesson to be learned. That is the lesson um, to be learned. But uh, we'll, we'll, we'll crowd. So write, write a review. Is what write a review. Somehow we, got, we went sideways and upside down real quick there. Write a review. It's easy. It's fun. Uh, uh, it, it is fun. And we've done good. Oh, the, I, let's read one of the – uh, did I tell you about one of the negative reviews we've had? By the way, no. five stars. The best, the only, it's the only five-star yeah. thing we've ever done in our lives. Have a lot of negative but someone did come out and they're like stars. you know what needs work and this is perfect for this moment uh, the show man the first 10 minutes of the show no one's got time to hear about their <laughs> life <laughs> that's right I did read that and where, where they've been that week and what their dog ate Gosh. and all of that which, get on with it mister and that's just yeah. me like I feel like every other podcast one podcast is that only that <laughs> right it's like some reality show celebrity just talking about their world I'm just trying to fit in I know that's what's happening I, I think that is and someone else was like I've listened to every episode and I just don't get it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's my favorite one because I give them the credit that they went through 79 episodes yeah if it's true right? and then they also three starred us so like they were like I don't get it no this is what it is I've listened to every episode yeah I guess I just don't get it I've only learned one thing <laughs> I really want to know what the thing was. Listen, if you wrote that three-star review that was half scathing, I appreciate you listening to All 79. Yeah. They unsubscribed. Subscribe yeah. back, though, because like, give us another shot. Tell us what that one thing is you like. I mean, honestly, like. like half of the podcasts I'm subscribed to, I don't even listen to exactly. anymore. That's Come true. on. That's true. There's no, um, no, no heart, no foul. But I want to know. I want to know what that one thing is that you learned. I swear to God, I'll double down on that subscribe thing. Subscribe into a... Subs- <laughs> We're going to double down. Subscribing to a podcast. It's not like was a Was it sweet potato recipe? It's not like we a... We did new- that once. <laughs> It's not like a newspaper subscription that gets dropped at your front. And you had to go walk out and get it. It's a podcast subscription. You don't right. If you, you love no, us, just great. you know what. If you love us, just turn it on. You don't have to listen to it. You just can, let it play. If That's you what, hate us, you can still have a subscription. <laughs> like, it doesn't bother right you. That's true. You just subscribe because maybe no, like no harm, you, no foul. You're rooting for people like grinding it out, trying to do their own thing. Anyone, I root for people that grind it out too. And one of those people is the uh, ultra Murphy. luxurious. Uh, and I see yeah. him on the other side of the window, really fit and tan, Mark Murphy. He's up next. Thank you for joining us in our uh, L.A. studio. I love it. You are heading up to, we were just saying, right quickly before Jasmine joined us, you're heading to Guy Fieri's Ranch. Oh, To shoot that show that I'm super jealous that I'm not a part of. Which Which one one is it? It's like... I forgot the name of it. Guy's Ranch or Space. It's something like that. It's It's something really complicated like Guy's Ranch. Yeah, but it's basically like Guy's best friends... (laughs) Guys, best friends hanging out and like cooking delicious food, pretty much, right? Like it's pretty um, simple. It's it's actually you know the great thing about it. Like last time I was there, I was cooking next to uh, you know Jonathan Waxman, and it's like oh. you know watching <laughs> him and eating his food and like 
This is awesome. It is kind of to hang out with him and cook. I like that because it's very, uh, especially we've had Waxman on the podcast. It's like very like it's Zen, right? Oh, he's just like totally like yeah. You just do this, and he's always teaching everybody around him. Like he's like telling the camera guy, you know, yeah. If you do this, and like we're shooting a show here. What are you doing? Yeah. And also, it's always it also goes. You always get a little bit of history. Like okay, you're you're a oh, New yeah. Yorker. You're you're like real. Like I feel like you're like uh, like a hardcore New Yorker. No, safe to say. I guess. I mean, I've, me at, I've like, been there twenty six seven. 27 years yeah. or something. There you go. Yeah, yeah. I guess but like Waxman's that. always got these stories of like, uh, I, my, my funny story about Waxman is always every time I'm with him, he reveals another person that worked under him. Yeah. <laughs> right. yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, they yes. worked for me too. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, Escoffier. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Escoffier. <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't know this, but he actually prepped uh, vegetables for Bobby. Yeah. And uh, I'm the one who made sort of Escoffier happen. So I'm jealous though that I'm not getting up to do that show. I'm going to have to talk. This is uh, this super inside baseball, but I'll, I'll have to like you're trying to worm your way in call my agent I I, I actually did because I, I, there's yeah. a bunch of people going Voltaggio's going up I think this year yeah I, or, I know they sent me the list but I, okay. I, I usually don't read those things so, I just, I'd just rather I'd be surprised when I get there you know what I, we know we need to do Jasmine we need to go up there just crash it crash for it. the yeah. podcast yeah. and then just like we don't even have to be on the show just get so come in with hot mics and, yeah. that'd be kind of fun you, I, I feel I'm like sure. that would be you know what you could set up by the pool Right. You can you know, set well, up yeah. a little thing, and you can just have people come over and chat. Because you said you brought some yeah. literature. You're going to bring some books. I brought a book. Like, you're course, so old-worldy. Yeah. I, I, I know. I, I, <laughs> I, I do. I've, um, I've gotten into reading books recently, a lot of them, and, and, and it's, been, uh, it's been pretty inspiring. Oh, I mean, okay. What the, are you – what, the, the, uh, the specific one, genre or – uh, food. I mean, it's mostly all about food. I mean, I just I finished a couple months ago uh, Dan Barber's book, Third Plate, which was just. Mm. Uh, oh, I you know, got pe- it too. People are like, "Oh, what, what should I read?" I was like, "Well, if you eat, you should read this book. Okay, it makes you understand a lot more about what he's doing up there at Stone Barns." Which is what? Great. I mean, we'll have we'll have to have Dan on because he I, I love is Dan. he is fantastic. But he's just you know he's looking out for the world. Truly. I mean, pretty much, you know, ra- wrap it up. It's like he's looking out for the world and making sure that we're going to be able to eat in like 150, right. 200 years. It's just awesome. That's it. Now, um, without knowing the book, we were just having this conversation on the drive up here when we were stuck in traffic about how I feel like, you know, a lot of his his food, your food, you know, my food when it's good, which is not all the time or frequently, um, is like sort of not old timey, but like understanding the techniques of like the past, how to farm, how to take care of your food, how to take care of yourselves. Yeah, and I think you know what 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 really got me was you know when you read the book, it's really he's the third plate is really about what our plates are going to look like in the future, and you know when we settled in this country, there was all this you know this you, you think about like a, eating a steak and it was a big meal and this and that, and now it's gotten a little bit less protein, and now he thinks like in the future we're going to have like a carrot steak with a meat sauce. You know, yeah, it's going right. to be you know you don't need this we, we don't need this much meat we don't need this much animal protein. I mean we don't need this much animal protein for our bodies, and we don't need this much animal protein. For our, for uh, you know, just for to grow it. I mean, the the stuff we're doing to this planet, just by to do it. growing it, is just ridiculous. Yeah. All of this very true. By the way, I mean, I'll give myself a, a compliment. Like uh, carrot steak with meat sauce sounds very Richard Blaze to me. That's <laughs> <it>? very <laughs> Table side. That's why I brought it Table up. Side. <laughs> totally. Table side. Table Jeff, side. Table no, right? side. Of course. Maybe yeah. maybe some tweezers. I, exactly. Some tweezers. I know, which is in. you know, I'm I'm less of a tweezer. I, I carry them, but I don't you know. Do carry but I told them. Jasmine, They're but who has there. not you guys have not met before, right? No, no we haven't. So I said before, I was like, listen, he, it, there's going to be some good, friendly back and forth banter. <laughs> some he has, ribbon. Yeah. He likes yeah. to knock it back over the net. Like this is well, not going to. He lived in New York for 26. That's years. what it is. So, yeah, I yeah. think it comes with. I that. do. I do remember when we did guys gro- grocery games, and I stopped the show because I was. I said I was a little worried about the guy in the end pointing to him because I, I kept it, you know, a little bit more. <laughs> 
uh, you know, it's television. I said, I'm yeah. a little worried about the guy in the end. He's got a pair of tweezers in his tongue, in his in his apron. I'm worried he's going to shank me down aisle three <laughs> yeah. or something yes. like that. And Guy very much enjoys it when I stop the show and say something ridiculous. <laughs> I bet. And I bet. it was, uh, it was, it was. I don't know if it made the show. I didn't actually I hope, watch I th- it. I, I think it did. I, it I, got, did? I remember just like not that I watched those things, but um, you know, we were we're in them live, so we know what happens. But I remember a lot of people coming back to me and be like, "Yeah, Murphy gives you a lot." Of <laughs> he doesn't like. It. I was like, no. He, it's 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 all in good fun, and also I need it. By the it's, way, it's a good and it's like, okay. So, are you have you always been an East Coaster? Or, uh, or? No, I was. Uh, my I was much farther east. I was born in Milan. I was yeah, born. I was born in Italy. I knew that. I knew that. I knew the Italian connection was, my fa- was, my, my, was strong. <laughs> my father was a was a, was an American diplomat. So I I was born in Milan. My mother's French. Father's American. I lived in uh, Paris, uh, Villefranche, um, Genoa, uh, Rome, um, Milan, obviously wow. Spoleto, and then I went mm. to some schools in New Hampshire and Maine. At one point, they shipped me over there. Do you get into that? School. Do you get into any of that in your your recent book? The, like like you're like like the, the diplomat growing up like in that. No, I mean, that I, world. I did. I I have one book out there, yeah. and, and I do talk about like my travels, and it was sort of just like food from food that I you know that bring back memories. Uh, food that uh, you know, like my, I have in my book, my my great aunt who used to be a, who was a school teacher. I actually photocopied the, the recipe that she wrote out in like perfect script, you know, and it was a recipe for um, uh, a chestnut jam, mm-hmm. which she had gotten from her grandmother, and yeah. she mm-hmm. describes the type of chestnuts at what time of year you have to get them to make this jam and you're just like it was just awesome so I, I did a rendition of that recipe and put it in the book so yeah there's stuff in there that is sort of reminiscent of my history no I love that and also very like uh, it makes that like Dan Barber connection too right like I love the, I love I love recipes too that are like poetic like, oh totally yeah. totally I, yeah, I remember um, and you have you also have run a number of like French influence restaurants right like you love French I mean food. I was you know that's my that was my train I mean I worked in Paris for almost two years in a one star Michelin restaurant I worked at Ducasse a little while Monte Carlo Oof. so I did oh. I did that when I was when I was young and, and uh, felt like working seven days a week 40 Ducasse, hours a day. I was going to say Ducasse Monaco where you could also like play pretty heavily but well, like the, when, I, you're, when you're in a kitchen like that no I do I didn't have I was uh, I think I stayed in some attic somewhere uh, that I had found through I don't know what it, I was the, the, what I did was I figured out that it was, it was a kitchen that I would probably never work in like this ever again right. and I was only doing a stage there so I got in with the guy who made all the bread and they used to make like 30 different types of bread every day. Right. And the kitchen was just so intense. And I, after like a week of the kitchen, I was like, there's like seven guys on the fish station. I'm like, there's, right. there's nothing to do. There's, <laughs> there's three customers at lunch. Right. I'm like, uh, you know, go turn an artichoke quick. Right. We're gonna right. have, I'm like, why didn't we just turn this artichoke like earlier? Like, <laughs> right. Plenty of time, right? So anyway, I, I got into the, I, I got to know the bread guy and he was super cool. And I was like, can I just come work with you for the stage? And he's like, yeah, sure, no problem. Just meet me here at like one o'clock in the morning and we'll, we'll break the bread. I was like, fine, I love it. Right. And I, I totally fell in love with the guy when the first day I come in at one o'clock in the morning, he takes, I'd never seen this before in my life. This is years ago. He takes a huge jar of pitted Niçois olives. Like I had never seen pitted Niçois olives in right. my life. I was like, this is the most decadent thing I've ever seen, right? <laughs> and he takes the bread that he had made the day before with Niçois olives and takes a knife and cuts it in half, dips his hand into the pitted Niçois olives and just puts a big layer in the middle of the bread and he hands it to me and he goes, and, and then he pours us each a glass of red wine 
morning. Right. Go, this is breakfast. Nice. I'm like, I love this guy. <laughs> I, like, I am I am eating one of the best pieces of bread with the most amazing olives, and I'm having a glass of wine, and it's one o'clock in the morning, and we're going to be baking bread all day, yeah. all night. Was, uh, our shift starts. I was with in some heaven. wine, and at one a.m. It was it was it was um, wonderful. So you, you said something interesting. You said that you knew that you wouldn't work in another kitchen like that again. Did you know? I mean, how quickly that? I was going to well, say because yeah, that's, that's pretty like an amazing observation so early. So early, yeah. I, well, I had worked almost a year and a half with Terrence under Terrence Brennan in, sure. uh, in New York at a yeah. restaurant called Prefix, mm-hmm. and my sous chef there was David Pasternak, who's obviously of Esca, and uh, Joey Fortunato, who has extra virgin in New York. Mm. And so I had worked in a huge volume kitchen. We used to do 300, 400 covers there, yeah. and um, it was it was volume. It was busy, and and then I went to work in Paris, and it was I worked in a one star Michelin for almost two years there, and it was uh, you know it was they were always struggling. So there was you know six people in the kitchen, and sometimes there'd be four because the chef would fire everybody, and, right. and all of a sudden, so I learned. A- Load in that kitchen. And yeah, I learned like when you work in Paris. When you work in Paris, and you're going to do a a wild hair dish, right? Right. The thing shows up on your cutting board with the, with the uh, with the with the fur on it. Okay? <laughs> yes. Yeah. And you yeah. break that thing down. You take every piece of that. You make the sauce. They even, you know. And it was like you, you learned so much more in a kitchen like that. And then when I went to work at Ducasse, when I went down into to the Louis Quinze and the Ducasse there, I was like, I like this food, but I knew that. I wasn't going to ever run a restaurant that needed this much, um, you know, care. not that it was, it was just, it was just too How much. How old were you? I was like 23 or That's something That's like, like that. incredible. Like to have that much wisdom though, I feel yeah. like. Well, I just, knew, don't, I just knew I didn't want that. I didn't yeah. want that. I wanted a restaurant. I mean, and I ended up doing, you know, I had a place in, in, in New York called La Fourchette, which was very mm-hmm. high end and it was a little bit like that, but I still wanted to keep it more real in the sense that I wanted my friends to come to my restaurant. And I knew if I, if I was working at Ducasse, it became somebody like that I was like I'll never see my friends right, my right. friends can't eat here right. I want to I see my friends come and enjoy my restaurant and if they can't do it if it, and then if I if I'm, I'm too nice probably I would figure if I had a restaurant like that my friends would just come eat for free all the time we right. would never make any money right. <laughs> so I mean I feel like that also um even at that moment, you're like really thinking like a business person, like a restaurateur. Like, I, are I you com- you're comfortable with the word restaurateur now, I, right? I, I guess I am, but I don't okay. know if I ever thought of it that way. I was just, I thought. But like, you were thinking about efficiency. Like, even like when you're seeing the artichoke, like, oh, nah. go get the boy from downstairs to peel the artichoke. Like, we don't need a boy and we don't need the, like, what is going on? We can it do was, this yesterday. It was, exactly. You can turn an artichoke and raise it and it'll be fine, right. you know, exactly. 12 hours later in the fridge. Um, <laughs> but I guess I just thought of it more as. I mean, maybe more selfishly, I was just like, this is the way I wanted. I, I want to live my life this way, not that way. And I wanted to be part of something different like that. Now, so it, that might have been more my, um, you know, my, my thought process at that point. I feel like that makes a lot of sense, too. Like, do you really feel like, and I'm, I think we're, we're blessed, right, in, in, our, in our world where we're at. Like, do you really feel like you have a job? No. Like, right. <laughs> like that, that's what I mean. Kind of think, I like, think that's what you're saying. Are you saying. going to work up in Santa Rosa I right now? I have never. <laughs> I, I don't think. I mean, I've, I've, I've barely, a very few times in my life have I woken up and felt like I had to go to work. Right. I go, I do what I love to do. Maybe, you know, there was that one time when I got thrown into the U.S. Open because I was working for a company that when I was at Windows on the World, they, they mm. had gotten the contract to do the food at, at, at the U.S. Mm. Open. Right. And what happened was that Restaurant Associates had had the contract for like, the last 20 years so they told all their people go back and get a job with this new company and the day before it starts don't show up so to kind of like <laughs> screw the next guy so they called me and I was a chef at Cellar and this guy on the world, at the World Trade Center wow. and I wasn't supposed to be part of this at all and the guy who was the head purchaser for Windows calls me and he goes we're in trouble I need, I, I, we need help. 
we need help. Right. Ted, make your, your sous chefs are going to run your restaurant. You're coming here to help me. Right. I was like, what? Right. And I walked in. I walked in there with my knife rolled, and the guy just starts laughing at me. And he hands me two menus and he goes, "You're the chef of two restaurants, and here you go. And if you walk down that hallway down right. there and go outside, there's a trailer, and that's where uh, that's where HR is, and that's where they're, everybody that's lined up out there is looking for work. So I walked in there. I was like, I'll take the first five. Let's go. Right. And it was the first time in my life that I had to. I literally remember I was cooking for 36 hours straight, no mm. sleep, no shower and the guy who was the head of this uh, organization walks in and goes what's wrong with you you look like I go what's wrong with me find me a place to shower so I can keep cooking I was right. I was making I was I was cooking it was like it was like cooking I felt like I was in the military I mean I was making I remember making a puttanesca in this huge steam kettle right. I think it was the recipe was 10 cases of number 10 can of right. tomatoes <laughs> right. ten three, cases. three cases of capers you know right. okay. it was like what is like, going on this is on? not Monica <laughs> no this is not what I signed up for I, this is not at all this is very different but that was that was a rough a rough one for me as an Oprah time. moment though you're like you're hired you're hired you're hired yeah. oh it was great. I'm like, after we started working, I'm like, so where'd you learn how to cook? Oh, I was in prison. Yeah. Right. <laughs> the next guy, like some complete nut job, like I'm, right. I'll turn around, he's standing on the table screaming. I'm like, all right, <laughs> I got I got a live crew here. Yeah. Like, I mean, and, and so is generally, uh, I've been doing a lot more. I've been more okay with like catering lately, just because it's usually a pretty good business deal, to be honest, right? Catering. Yeah. But, well, um, no, that's, yeah, I but there is that me. weird side of catering that's just like behind the curtains that are behind the curtains, right? It's yeah. not even like restaurant culture. It's like a whole separate thing. And it's, uh, well, I the, mean, the prep is always the prep. I remember I did do some stints in between jobs where I needed to make some money. I did. I, I catered a bit and I had never, and it was cool. Cause I, I, you know, you get really good at something, but I walked into this one kitchen and they're like, you see those two huge Lexans, there's a hundred Pismos and you gotta, you gotta, right portion them out and they're all I'm cry of act I'm like okay here goes yeah. I, I, this is what I'm doing but at today. least then you're like, like right. I, at least though with like that scenario like you're cutting meat and mm-hmm. you're like I'm learning like I'm a butcher right yeah. there's something like yeah. uh, I've had those experiences where it's like no here's a pallet of carrots yeah. to peel yeah you're gonna get real good yeah. at it and you're like oh carrot. wow this I'm gonna have I'm, I'm, I'm like whispering Freddie Girardet sayings in my head like it's the spirit of how you peel a carrot that counts <laughs> you know like I'm trying to inspire myself when you're just when you know you're gonna spend five hours or something like that um do you find that uh i feel like you would be a perfect person for this do you think that uh millennials or like younger people in your kitchen have have lost like that ability to even like stand by a cutting board for five or six hours and um i i I, it depends on the person i think that some of these some people you know they are they're the ones that see us on TV and they see people have gotten a certain way and they think that you know I'm going to go to cooking school and that's going to be me in about a year it's like uh, no but then there's I think there's still people that are grounded in reality I mean look I started cooking whenever I started you know over 20 years ago I thought I was going to be a line cook my whole life I I had no idea that there's other things would happen and I I think that that's the way everybody should start and think about it because you know there's not many people that do this stuff that we do I mean it's like we're lucky yeah yeah, absolutely 100% so I mean no one has ever said to you how do you become a chop judge? Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> In an interview, yeah, I'm yeah, here, yeah. Mark how, Murphy. How did you get? How did yeah. you get? Not on because chop? you've traveled the world and cooked delicious food. How did you get on? But chop? because, yeah. like, how do I? How do I become 
a chop judge. Uh-huh. Exactly. <laughs> and and then, then the no, doors, really, no, really, he's asking. How do yeah, you, yeah, how no, do you yeah. Do you? I also am asking. Uh, <laughs> as, as it was evidenced by our open. My Thank favorite, you very much. Yeah. yeah. One of my, one of my favorite things is when you get a cook that comes in and they've gone to cooking school and they've spent like you know over a hundred thousand dollars on cooking school. They sort of feel like, yeah, I got, I'm, I'm going to be a chef, right? Right. Okay. This is your first job. You're a line cook. And I remember the one time when I was at La Fourchette, I had this kid that was like that, and he comes in and I walk over to the fish station and. I'm like, why is there tarragon in this vinaigrette? He goes, oh, I, I thought it would be interesting to add some tarragon. I'm like, no, 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 no. This right. is my recipe. Right. You, interesting, can do this later on. You just do what I tell you for the next two years, right. and then maybe you can go somewhere else and put tarragon in something that you want. But I don't want any tarragon in this vinaigrette. You got, but that's the one thing you get. I think when sometimes you get these cooks that come out of cooking school. Mm. They sort yeah. of feel like, yeah, I am a chef. I just spent 150 yeah. grand. On, on, but mm. you gotta, you're gonna have to make that recipe. You know. 300 times a day for the next year and get really good at it. Exactly. That's how I learned. I mean, right. I wasn't very good at school. I was, I mean, I'm very dyslexic. And when I finally got in the kitchen, I'm like, you know, once you figure out how to cook a rack of lamb to the right temperature and that's on your station, you're like, I'm really good at this. Yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. But you can't learn that in a book. <laughs> Make sure to stick around after this podcast to get the latest headlines from the AP News Minute. Hey, everyone, if you like this show, Starving for Attention, uh, then you need to check out Divorce Sucks with celebrity divorce attorney Laura Wasser. Uh, Each week, she answers questions. She shares anecdotes and chats with opinionated men and women, innovative thought leaders and celebrities about breaking up, getting divorced and moving on. Have you listened to this one, Jasmine? No, have you? Neither (laughs) have I. Her past guests include Sean Gold, her father, Dennis Wasser, and most recently, Kris Jenner. So check out Divorce Divorce Sucks with Laura Wasser, weekly on Podcast One or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Now back to Starving for Attention with Richard Blaze. Okay, for a young cook, the tarragon thing, I'm the boss, I get it. How now when you're running all these restaurants and now you have executive chefs that work for you and you have chef de cuisines that work right. for them, how do you temper their creative impulses when you still, it's still your place, it's yeah, your Yeah, no, I, I find it, it's, you know what it's, I'm saying, it's right? super important okay. and I think that that's one of the things that you're, I, I want longevity out of staff. I want people that work with me for years and because there's nothing more expensive in a business than retraining somebody. Right. Like, even, even a line cook, it's going to cost you in, you know, product in wasted time and in, 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 you know, training that person. It's better to have a line cook that stays with you for five years. Right. So as it's the same thing with my chefs and my sous chefs. I'm like, this is the menu. This is the box that we play in. Like, I mean, if I have my, my, my restaurant landmark is a neighborhood bistro with mm-hmm. some Italian influences. Right. Don't start making sushi. I do not. And I, I this is my speech. All right. You got to stay within the, within the playbook. Right. Because if you start making sushi in a bistro, people are like, what are you doing right? Because right. what are you doing? Mm-hmm. And the other thing is, I, I never want to see a raspberry vinaigrette on my menu, okay? Right. And I, besides I, I mean, just that, watching Chopped, I know that. But right. be, besides that, it's like you have creative you have you can use you can use your creative juices and you can run sure. specials all you want. I want you to run specials. I want a, I want a special at lunch, I want a special at dinner, and I want it to be you, but I it, it, to my chefs, but I also say you have to let your sous chefs come up with specials as well. But they mm-hmm. got to clear them by you. Right. And usually if somebody starts with me for the first couple months, I'm like, you know, just send them send it to me if I'm not around. I want to see it. That's what it is. I'll be like, okay, you know what? That's good, but next time I'd rather you not do this. And they, you know, they they understand my yeah, my vocabulary, so to speak. I know it sounds a little stupid. No, no, it's perfect, dude. You're you're like, give, give me a lesson that is like very relevant for me in this moment. But actually. it is actually it's it's because or else you know what? If you if you handcuff them and they can't do what they want to do, I mean, they're not going to go home and cook and be creative for their for, no. their for their girlfriend or their boyfriend or whatever. They got to be able to do that, and they got and so I think that. 
letting them off, you know, being able to do their own specials and be able to do that stuff. Because, I mean, look, I look at it this way. When I sit around the table in my restaurant, if I have my sous chefs and my chefs around the table, I look around the table and I go, we got 150 years of restaurant experience sitting mm-hmm. around this table sometimes. You know, you've been in 18 years. You've been in 20 years. You've been here, mm-hmm. you know, 10 years. I'm like, I want all of that to be used in my advantage for my business. I mean, right. there's no reason why I should just be a bullheaded and like, you're only going to do what I'm going to tell you to do. No, I want you to be, I want you to, I, I send them books to read. I, 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 you know, be creative. I want you to talk to farmers. I want you to, I, I actually had these two guys who worked for me. I was like, listen, I'll pay for your plane ticket. You need to go to Turkey. You need yes. to go to Istanbul. Mm-hmm. You need to eat that food. Cause I had just been there. Right. And I was like, everybody's got to go to Turkey and eat that food there. Cause it was so inspiring. It, it's an underserved so cuisine. It is right? so so amazing, and unfortunately, that country's a mess right, right now. Right, I mean, right. But it's yeah. it's it is a it is a country that is. Um you know, it was the first time I was doing a, a job. I was working with the State Department. I travel as a uh, culinary diplomat sometimes. I, I was in the same you, program. You've done that yes. program. And yeah. I'm actually, and, and to me, that was, you know, that was one of my best trips. I was in Ankara and I was in, in, in Istanbul, and it was so moving and so useful. It was the first time when, with this program, just to, for your people that Do it. are listening, it's, yeah. it was a diplomatic culinary partnership, and it was under, uh, it was in, in the State Department. It's, it's not there anymore, sadly. Um, sadly. But yeah. it, 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 was, it was basically, I mean, to, for lack of a better word, we, you know, we were going around telling everybody how great we are in America, or it's sort of like a little bit proper. It, it's sort of like a little bit of like, hey, this is who we are. We're chefs, and we eat food, and America's just not hot dogs and hamburgers. And it was interesting because I did uh, t- uh, two two cities in China. I did Turkey, and I was in. I've been to Italy three times. I'm actually going back to Italy on the 21st because um, now I work through the um, the consulate. Sometimes, even though the program's not around, yeah, they still call me to go, and I'm. Very- Cool. I'm actually going to be in Sicily in the um, uh, in about. Two they kept weeks. you busy, but you also you have that diplomatic background. I do, this and and, and I also sp- and I also speak about. Italian. So when I went and I go down there, I'm going to be cooking for. I'm representing America in a uh, international couscous cooking competition. Yeah. So it's like it's a funny. <laughs> awesome. I, it, okay, I'm sure I'll be there. Then yeah. you know, some of those chefs went to like also some. I think it was like Mary Sue Milligan who went like she was there. Middle she of did Pakistan. Oh, right? she went there. Yeah, like some of the like I, I had like the sort of like well, Amanda Freitag. Places. Went These to, are the places I want Amanda Freitag, she's like, I, she went to Ireland. I'm like, we're fine. Everybody loves us in Ireland. <laughs> yeah. Why are you yeah. going it's to not, Ireland? Yeah. Like, it's like, oh, it's Nothing a good vacation needed. spot. Yeah, I went to it Thailand. Was, it was oh, fine. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, you, you were know, supposed to go to Estonia. Estonia that was the which one. was awesome. Right. And then our, our government right. shut down for a couple of weeks, and I felt bad about going. The, the, uh, the, you know, the greatest thing I was just talking about Turkey was I went and I did a TV show with a basically like their 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 Bobby Flay of television Ooh, in Turkey. Oh, oh okay. Wait, wait a second. Everybody Bobby Flay of Turkey? Yeah, like everybody knew him. And, you know, you right. walked around with him and people would wave and they'd want a picture with him. So he, he used was very parsley, popular. like Bobby uses cilantro. Yeah, like, was, what was going on? Well, it was Salt Bay. But it was, a great, it was a great show in the sense that, well, he brought me to this, you know, five generation pickling um, uh, family store. We right. went to the fish market. And then we went to the studio and we cooked. Both of us cooked a dish with eggplant, which is obviously very popular over there. Mm-hmm. And after the show, the you know just to make everybody understand why this was really important and this is this was the one moment that I thought this this diplomatic culinary partnership was the most important was I did this I did this show I'm cooking with this Turkish chef I'm wearing an American chef's jacket I cook a dish he cooks a dish he he's speaking Turkish I'm speaking English there's a translator and we got back in the car afterwards with the people from the uh, from the consulate and they're like you have no idea what you just did and I was like oh did I do something wrong right they right go, what did I say they go no they go y- your goodwill of like because you know in in this country, a lot of people 
aren't you know women are very they, you know they're, they're not allowed out of the house some of them you know, right. they, you know they're, they they don't get to see what happens but they get to watch television they said you're going to be in so many homes in Turkey and they're going to see an American person who their government sometimes is also saying you know how bad Americans are you know we're not that great and, but seeing two chefs working like brothers in arms like just cooking with food they were like this is this is why this program is so powerful it's like mm-hmm. okay wow they're not that bad after all they got chefs they cook they, right. and, and it was an interesting sort of dynamic that I thought was uh, was made me feel like wow this program is really worthwhile and it, it does bring home I mean not to be cliche but the fact that like everybody eats and like it, breaking bread and sitting down with people and it's like yeah. it is the, the easiest easy way connection. to communicate yeah. with someone even if it's about hot topics yeah. Well, right. I had right. I had a delegation right. of uh, Palestinian chefs that came to my restaurant through this program one point, and we all had, sat down and had breakfast with mm-hmm. the translator. And they were, you know, they used to go through the border every day and go cook in the Hilton in Tel Aviv or something. And right. they're these Palestinian guys, and they're and they're, I'm just like talking about. So what about politics? They're like, you know what? We just want to feed people. We're chefs for peace. Right. And I mean, I literally like I started almost crying. I'm like, oh my god! And they gave me a little uh, a dove pin. They're like we're chefs for peace. Like uh, we don't care about all this politics. You almost started stuff. crying. Like, no, you have such like, a hard edge. Oh mark, no, I cry. Like I cry all the time. It's 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 much easier that way. You know, just let it out. It's fine. Well, a quick sidebar. You look fantastic, dude. Like you. First of all, you're tan. Well, I, was, I feel like uh, you're I'm in L.A. Man, yeah, I mean, okay. it's always sunny here. Yeah, exactly. How long have you been here? Like been here six like, months? Six, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just six days. Six okay. days, maybe. Yeah. yeah like you're tan, and warm. like you look trimmer than usual. Might be just because I see you in a chef jacket a lot, or I see you like sort of like I don't know. I've been running. I try to run. I try to keep myself a little bit in shape. Right. I mean, you've always a good decent shape, but I feel like you're like on something. Are you on some like you're not on some like weird like? (laughs) No, you only eat turned artichokes and olives and bread or something like that. No, I've I've my my diet is uh, you know eat what I want. And people are always like, "What's your uh, what's your guilty pleasure?" I'm like, "Why should you be guilty (laughs) about anything?" I mean, it's just it's food. I mean, you know, I like to eat good food. You have a natural like lust for life. I just love food. I love life, and I like to live and have a good time. Okay, well, one of the things that maybe some people who don't know you that well but I've seen you I'm not like in the New York City chef circuit but I've been to a couple of events and you are known to cut the rug up a little bit you are um, you're yeah. a dancer dance I like cardio. to dance I like to dance yeah, yeah. No. I mean which is kind of like I, I feel like also like that's the purest expression of like happiness yeah you know I don't know is that, is that singing some, dancing yeah I agree right like you know it's like there's not too many that, angry but... singers or dancers <laughs> truly, truly right there are like you can cook angry it's not, I don't recommend it but like you can there are yeah. other things yeah. artistically that you can do with like anger, yeah. yeah like I, I don't. I don't know if I'm, my dancing is considered artistic. I can. I can <laughs> assure you that uh, it's I, can, I can assure you that people it's make fun, people, people do make fun of me for it. Some people they they, they I've I've been uh, called Spaghetti Legs Murphy, which I, I find very funny. <laughs> I mean, but you know what? You're not a boxer. Like I feel like that would be bad for a boxer. Really like Spaghetti Legs for a dancer. Like you're one of those kids. Like like hip. You've seen hip hop kids lately. Like I'm just having fun, man. I, don't I, care. I love it. I was like, I remember the first time it was like one of these like food and wine best new chefs sort of things in New York, and like, um, you know. Uh, Quest Love was DJing, and you were out there like cutting it up, and I was like, I need to work on my celebrity chef. <laughs> like, <laughs> like that is like that's next level. Like that's why this guy he can cook great food. He's everyone loves him, and he also he's he's a good dancer. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm um, good. I just have fun doing it. That's that, that's all. So when when are we gonna are we gonna see you on some like um, you know would you do Dancing with the Stars or something like that? Uh, no. 
You wouldn't. I know. Okay. Um, wow. Look at that. Like, very, like that, even, you know what? I feel. I feel like bad. You wouldn't even I remember run through the team. The, the last chef that did it, who's a good friend of mine, and right. and I'm not sure. I've actually never had the conversation, but I might be seeing him this weekend. Yeah, it was Rocco. Rocco Despirito oh, did Dancing oh, with the right. Stars many years ago. First of God, all, how did that completely. not come up in the Rocco Despirito podcast? What? I, think I know. Bring that up? He keeps that one close to the. Best. And by the he way, does. if I remember correctly, and not to throw him too far under the bus, I think he had to rip off like these pink sleeves during one. Of the numbers, man. okay, right, which oh, is man. like Thursday for Rocco, anyway. <laughs> yeah, I got it. I got to say, you know, last time I did the show up uh, up at Guy's Ranch, we were roommates. They gave us a, we were uh, in a cabin together. Oh, was, that's, was, that's... He, he is such a nice guy. Yeah, and he is. He is so yeah. knowledgeable about what he does in this whole health thing that he's into. And I mean, he's got like eighteen cookbooks. Yeah, it, it is totally. it, it, it is it is insane. I always he's one of the people, especially for like my staff, who I always use as like, do you know do you know who Rocco is, right? And then, like, usually it's like, yeah, I saw him on some TV show, or he had that show, The Restaurant. It's like, no, you don't know who Rocco no, Like, you don't no. know who Rocco is. I mean, Union Pacific was probably mm-hmm. one of my favorite restaurants. You and mine, yes. And I, I remember going there once. I had just... I had just left a job. I think I was a little hot-headed, and I told everybody to go to hell or something. And then I had an old <laughs> girlfriend who said, hey, you know what? You're really down in the dumps. I had nothing left. I had basically gotten rid of everything in my life. And I went there for dinner, and Rocco came out of the kitchen. He's like, oh, my God, how you doing? I, I got this phone number. This guy's looking for a chef. Right. And that he hooked me up with a oh, number really? for a guy. Then that's how I got to do uh, La Fourchette on the Upper East Side. Amazing. I, I Look at that. Small that world. Guy. It yeah. was crazy. It was Mine like, was yeah. more just like the, one of the first glimpses outside of like a Charlie Trotter cookbook where like you know he was doing like mustard oil yeah. and uni and like yep. braised rabbit with fennel and like a little loin next to it and I was like oh this is like yeah, this is a new style you it know was next like, level. It, it was, was next it level. was next level and uh, a lot of people don't realize that I've besides often, being I've, a health food guy he's I've often said to him I was like when are you going to get back to running a restaurant he's like that's ah, too much man forget it I'm not I, I, I also it's, very it's much true. though yeah. appreciate that as like yeah. you're a restaurateur like yeah. you're a chef like you like is, is it, it, it there's not a easy there's not a harder industry to sort of manage than no, and, and somebody somebody said to me once who actually did make it through school, uh, I, I wasn't <laughs> one of those people, but a guy who had gone through business school, and he got into the restaurant business, and he says, I don't understand you people. Why? You know, you, yeah. go to, you go to business school, and you learn about like eight, I don't know, I'm, I'm going to, you know, people are going to call in and say I'm an idiot, I don't know what I'm talking about, but there's like eight things, like there's like production, there's uh, um, customer service, there's um, inventory, there's like all, you know, there's, there's like things, and every, Feels, most businesses yeah. have like two or three. The restaurant industry is the only one that has all of them. Right. Like there's there's a way to screw up everything because you know you have you're producing you're you're you're, you're you have yeah. customer service you have employee it's like there's yeah. there's a little bit of everything and and I, I didn't really think of it that way until mm. this guy mentioned it to me I'm like yeah. oh wow yeah this is the stupidest business to be in it is oh, well. and most and most big time investors <laughs> oh, well. uh, will say that it's a horrible it's a horrible, horrible thing to horrible get into margins, oh. yeah. uh, certainly if you're just trying to make money that's for sure uh, Mark Murphy near the end of the podcast we usually play a game. And I know you're fun loving. We just got okay, into that. Okay. You down to play a game? Oh this, boy, what are we doing? This one is specifically made. There's no props. Don't you're yeah, looking this around. Is, like, this is a premiere. A premiere on starving for attention. We have never played this game before, namely Obviously. because we've yeah. never had anyone on the podcast named Mark. Yeah, that's right. This really? game is called Mark My Word. Oh, oh boy. So <laughs> you will be. Uh, we will give you a, a topic, mm-hmm. and you will be letting us know if this thing. 
You can declare. Mark my word, this thing will be around still. Yeah, you're kind of fortune telling. Into the you future. Know? You are fortune telling. Mm. You're making predictions. Predict- oh, okay. Predicting. All right. Mark my word. It's one of our finest games yet we've come finest. up with, I believe. Yeah. Good Here we go. Good notch. thing nobody really listens to me, so they won't have to worry about this. <laughs> All right. What trends uh, are heading towards extinction, or are they not? Are they here for the long term? Yeah. Uh, avocado toast. Mark my word. So, avocado uh, now, I, we know you have I, a... a- uh, mark, mark my word, I think they're going to uh, they're gonna stay around. I mean, they're too good. <laughs> there they're go. they're, they're going to stay around because they're, so, they're such an easy breakfast to make. It's like, I'm, right. I'm, I'm, I usually have one every day because I'm like, hurry up, I'm going somewhere. I love yeah. this. Even as a sometimes jaded New Yorker, you're like, yeah. avocado toast, it's going to stay. We know that in California that it's going to be here. Yeah. You go broke trying to eat that every day in L.A., though. You're going to make it at home, but... Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, oh, why? Because they, they, they oh, yeah. charge like a lot. Bucks, yeah. you know? They charge a lot in a restaurant. You know, you sprinkle some like... uh, gochujang on it, and all <laughs> yeah. of a sudden it's a $19 uh, yeah. poaching egg on it. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's too much. It's too much. But it's uh, good. It's good, and I think I, I don't see why it would go away. Okay, here we go. Uh, the trend of artisanal donuts. That's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> so mark his word. So you're going back to just the like 90, sell. 95 cent I, sell. Glaze, I mean, right? I mean, what, what's a, I mean to me, it's like uh, a Zeppeli is really what 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 should be you're the, a the, the benchmark, we, right? We, there, we you know, know that. Oh, I like it to the benchmark I mean? in there. Exactly. Throwing another pun. Exactly. See, I knew you would like a game that had sort of a mark pun in it <laughs> with all of, with most of your that's restaurants. Benchmark with a C, right? Uh, exactly, yeah. exactly. Well, the game is is mark with a C. Yes, that's what it is. All right. The kale salad. The kale. I think that the, the kale has Ooh, got so It's a tough one. He's so thinking many, about this yeah. one. This well, one it, it's, it's a difficult one, and it, it's, uh, it's one that I'm liking. I, I, I have to say that it was one of those things that when it sort of started coming around, I, I poo-pooed it for quite a while. I was like, nah, I'm not getting involved. And then you start seeing it, and you start seeing different renditions, and you're like, you know what? I'm going to nail this. I'm going to take this ingredient and make it good, because it's not the easiest ingredient. It's not... It's good, but it's not yeah. like it doesn't jump out and be good right away. You, you have to manipulate it. I, I love this. This is a challenge. This is a deep breakdown on yeah. an ingredient that we don't usually get into, like super chefy stuff like that. But it is right. It's, you don't just like rip it out of the bag and put it on a plate. It doesn't no. work that way. I mean, way. you can do that with like a mescaline mix. Yeah, rom- right. Romaine's good on its own. Sure, yeah. with just a little salt and pepper, it's fine. You can get away with it. But but kale, you got to manipulate it. And you know the guy who really manipulates kale the best. Oh, I mean Jonathan yes. Waxman. Come on, that's oh, wow. Salad. That's sad. That. That's that salad, were, that salad at Barbudo is phenomenal. The J Dub fan club is, uh, I mean, is long. Yeah, uh, totally. And uh, so you're you're so mani- while manipulating it, you're marking your word. You're saying mark my here. words. It, it, it's staying around. Right. It has. I agree. I agree. It's got. I, I think once you get past like the and the, you know that you know the, the Brussels K- sprout moment. Kale you, also worked for Jonathan Waxman back in 19. 19- no, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Started under him. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, good word. Uh, okay. What about this one? Meal delivery kits. Getting more into the entrepreneurial yeah, side. Yeah, of all right. Well, you know, for me, he's got thoughts. I, I, yeah, I do have thoughts because it's 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 one of of the things that's really putting a damper on our business. I, Ooh, think. Okay. I think that it is a, I have a friend of mine who actually sells meat. Um, uh, and, and he told me he was, they, they did supply one of these meal, meal kit places. Sure. And he said that he sells to restaurants as well. He said that was the only business that increased in the last two years. Mm-hmm. Like the restaurant businesses were pretty plateau of, of his sales, but the meal delivery meat he was supplying to them went was, keeps going up. Wow. And now if you think about it, especially for me in New York, like you've got two couples, they're dating, come to my house, you get the meal kit i'm gonna go to the store and buy the wine we're gonna have dinner with our dates and it's gonna be you know 150 bucks not 350 going to a restaurant right so do i think meal kits are i think they're a good starter thing but i honestly i feel like 
you know, between the Food Network and all of this food that's going on in this world, you don't really need a meal kit. I mean, right. just go to the store right. and go shopping and start learning how to cook. People, oh, I don't know how to cook, man. I, I don't know how to Come right. on. It's a survival skill. You should be able to throw a chicken in the oven and put some salt and pepper on it and pull, I love it, out this. And come, I love this. pull it out an hour later and eat, right? I mean, it's not, look, we're not, we're just chefs. We're cooks. We love food. We're not, we're, you know, we're not doing brain surgery every day. We're, we're just cooking. It's not that complicated. I mean, there is a built-in redundancy to meal kits. We've talked about this. Like, they do at a certain they point teach they're you teaching cook. you to right. cook they, like, they do they that make and then if you're smart a right. week in you're like wait a why second why would I order that kit again I made <laughs> a vinaigrette for, a vinaigrette for garbanzo beans last week Well, and <laughs> the other thing is, is all the plastic and all that stuff oh, that comes wrapped, wrapped up in it oh. it's just sort of ridiculous yeah. and how long it. have you been but, in California but I like yeah. that but here's the other thing is I think that something that people need to understand when you're cooking is it's not just about the meal you're eating or you're producing for your family at home it's also about where you're going to use the other parts or the leftover and how you're going to go right. through a week yeah. and use it. You know, it was actually interesting. I was listening to, maybe it was a podcast. I, f- I forgot about But, you know, before Purdue, you couldn't buy a part of a chicken. Right. You had to buy a whole chicken. Right. So back in the old days, you had to buy a chicken and you had to use the whole chicken. You right. couldn't just go buy the wings. You couldn't buy just the legs. And I think that that is something that we need to get back to because I think, you know, with all the food waste and, and all, the, all the conversations we're having about food in this world today, I think getting back to understanding how to cook and how to use products and how to use the whole ingredient. Don't just cut the chicken, the, the chicken breasts off and throw away the the, the bones. Right. I mean, those are somebody grew that. Somebody, you know, that that chicken sacrificed yeah. its life for you. Like, use all of it. I've always had. We've always had sort of the dream of doing a cookbook that did that. Like that mm-hmm. started with like roast chicken and then right. took it all the way down to the schmegma that's in the tray when you're done roasting it and what you can do with that for a vinaigrette or I a mean, freezing ice cube, whatever it is, right? Well, you, you've been to uh, Republic here in LA? I have been they, to there, yeah. They have, you can order the bread with either the uh, Normandy butter or right. with the meat drippings, okay? Yeah, so, drippings is a great word. But they're, yeah. they're, it's such a great menu. They're not, I mean, most people would throw that out. <laughs> they're right. selling it to you for four bucks. Right. It's awesome. Exactly. <laughs> or even like going back to the chicken thing, like people don't realize that like in old cookbooks, chicken wings are old they're yeah. considered to be like right. an unused part right. that like no one really uses, and we've turned it into like every Sunday football game, football fantasy yeah. food uh, <laughs> menu. All right, back so, to more. Yeah, yes, go ahead. Emil, deli- what was the final verdict? Oh, uh, I, I, as, as an think? investor, like what's happening? Yeah. You think they're going to? No, stay? no, I'm I don't asking. think. I don't. I, I, I think that they're going to be around for the lazy people. Mm. Um, but I think that if you're really into food, and and I think you're right that the meal delivery kits will teach people how to cook. Maybe so. Maybe it is a. It's like a lily pad they're jumping on to get to maybe. the other side, and they. Oh wait, I'm confident enough. I can do this. I I don't need to have my onion cut up for me in a meal kit delivery. I can cut up my onion myself. This is true. This is true. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you. That, that, I'm uh, buying at Costco. I'm not cut buying. Up. What is that called as an investor? Am I bullish or bearish if I'm not buying? I'm um, bearish. Bearish if you're not I'm buying. I'm bearish on the meal kits. <laughs> there you go. Uh, but again, I think it is when you're a chef, it's a little. E- it's easier to be like, yeah, I'll just go to the store and buy some stuff. They're more like yeah. ingredient delivery services, well, which I, I might be bullish on. I think the most important thing uh, for people to learn how to cook is people always ask me, what should I do? What should I do? I say, the one thing you need to do is be comfortable with knives because I think that once you can tackle and get a knife go take a knife skills class yeah once you know how to deal with a knife cooking is much easier I think that's the one thing that scares people about Mm -hmm. cooking not about burning stuff but it's just wielding the knives and getting getting uh, you know agile with a knife is the one thing that I think people need to do if they're going to start do you do a lot of like like actual like tutorial sort of basic educational things because those are things that we do we just skip over as chefs because we're like oh everyone knows how to handle a knife no yeah, no, they, they I, don't. I they don't even know how to buy one no but I right. wanna, you know you walk around I'm always like you know hold the knife this way don't yeah. do that you know this is the reason why but no I think that's probably something you're right that when we do demos
shows at these at these uh, events and stuff. Maybe we should concentrate a little bit more on the basics. And yeah, talk about I always, that. I always, I always try to remind myself that. Okay, tough right turn here. Uh-oh. Uh oh, Trump twenty twenty. Oh my gosh, really? <laughs> we're talking about food here. Oh, man. You can, we can skip. Let's talk we food can, policy. We, we can skip. Right. I mean, you no, know, I mean, no, no big deal. I just, had, I have to throw that out. Look, that look, one out there I, I for think Jasmine. the the one thing that people have to understand about restaurateurs <laughs> and talk about uh, in in what we do. Yeah, you have a restaurant. You have restaurants. Yes. You want to feed people. Yeah. Um, I got a call once from somebody that wanted to do a political fundraiser, and I said, I can't. And they said, why not? I said, because I have to feed everybody. Yeah. I'm not going to start getting into politics about right, left, wing, middle, whatever. Sure, sure, sure. I, I'm more worried about, like, what are what's going on? And if I'm going to worry about something going on in the government, I'm worried about the farm bill right now. You know, that's the sure. one thing yeah. that we need to worry about as chefs. We have a voice out here, and we need to use it in the right way. I feel like us starting to talk about what, what should be happening with the, uh, with the Iran nuclear deal is probably not we're our wheelhouse we should probably be more worried about you know mass farming of chickens or or pork you know what i mean that that's something that we should be getting more involved yeah in. no i don't disagree like i mean uh i think i think we're all learning even chasmin that just know that just generally like there's a, i mean we're talking about restaurant well, business coming, but to like the, a, coming to the center is what you're saying like, yeah, coming, think, uh, coming uh, to the understanding that you don't have to be one side or the other and, and right. there is a, a place reason. in the middle but, for but, everyone. But, but also there's a nice saying it's like we should stick to our knitting you know what we know <laughs> right there you go. Oh, I hate when that's, someone tells me to stay know. in my yeah, lane. That's no. Do you like that? Huh? Stay in your lane. Yeah, like, you have, like, I've had my, yeah. my business manager once who's like, stay in your lane. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> I was like, don't tell me I can't be an actor. That's right. Yeah, tell that. me to stay in my lane as a cook. I want to be an actor maybe yeah, okay. today. All right, that's funny. I just took acting classes actually in New York. Did, did you? I did introduction to Meisner. I did oh a 10 week. Oh my gosh, serious. It was a 10 week course, uh, twice a week, three hours a day, uh, three hours a night. It was a night class. And then you have to, you got a partner and you had to do all your stuff. So it was, it was some one of those things that I'd never done in my life. And yeah. I said, I'm taking some me time and I'm taking yeah. the next 10 weeks and twice a week, I'm going to go and take uh, introduction to Meisner acting classes. Amazing. And I got to tell you, yeah. Yeah. it, it, it was, it's, you know how people say everybody should be a waiter in a restaurant to yeah. live life? I yeah. think everybody should take an acting class because mm-hmm. you learn a lot more about that craft and you learn a lot more about people and you learn more about how to interact and pay attention to people a lot more. It, it, and it was, it was super And you did it for exciting. no other just like life experience? Personal development. Or were right. you like, hey, I'm, there's a, a I, part I'm up for and I really No, no, okay, no, I just did it because I thought, well, I've never done this mm. and yeah. I'm going to do this. Plus like you're in New York, so it's a great place and, to do and, it. And I wanted to keep going, but the next, the next step in this program was a nine month commitment uh, twice a week uh, six hours a week and right. I was like oh wait I'm, uh, I'm going to be in Italy that month and I'm going to go to here and then you're like I, I, two later. weeks of it you have to pretend you're a turtle yeah exactly <laughs> all the time <laughs> that's amazing honestly dude that's, that's cool. incredibly inspiring because yeah. it's the type of thing that I always say I'm going to do and especially being around LA or New York it's like not a hard thing to sort of find someone to sort of train yeah. you or a class to sort of take mm-hmm. I've also done that with um, and I know we have friends that do this with, with uh, open mic stand up something oh, yeah. that I want to do just for the like the the hard life lessons of like crickets getting and up on cold food stage. And, like, yeah. Yeah, and, and like being able to <laughs> yeah. just deliver stuff cold because right. when we're in front of our audiences they kind of love us already like if they're showing up at South Beach to yeah. see your show they're drunk they at least love food they're, they're drunk <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> and you say whatever you want you're like the sky is blue right. and they're like ha, yeah. ha, ha. Exactly. Well, right. they're yours but like to show up with to like to perform in front of a group of strangers who might not even know you or to act in front of uh, them yeah, like those are just like those are big life lessons that's big that's big I, the next thing I really want to do is I want to take piano lessons I never Dude, never took instrument I never took man. instrument I never was uh, exposed to that I okay. was always uh, mm-hmm. I was I was never exposed to music and things like that somewhat when I was surprising younger. with the diplomat thing I would think that like you'd have like, yeah, pianos in the house and stuff like that I don't know mm, 
No. Yeah. But that's interesting. I do. I missed it too. I missed, you too. didn't remember with the ukulele yeah. stuff. Like yeah. I every like I want to like I want to learn how to you play ukulele. To expand if on you want to do piano, stuff. I can do some a little like so uh, little you string. Did, you, did you take duet. ukulele lessons? No, because I've never made like I, you like you're inspiring me. I've never taken the plunge to really be like, hey, I'm going to commit myself to like four weeks, six weeks to even just you know yeah. learn one. You know, it's it's, it's also I think, I think it's important sometimes to step back and do something for yourself. You know, you're we're doing so much for other people. I mean, you're you're running a business, you're doing this. You know, I mean, sometimes you're like, you know what? It's me time. Yeah. This is something that was incredibly inspiring. Okay. Uh, Mark my word. I don't know how much of a sports fan you are. I'm not really. The New York Jets, they're going to win a Super Bowl soon. I don't know much. What do you think? I I don't know much about sports. New York Jets, they're hot. They're 1-0. Well, I did hear that that the new quarterback they got is is doing very well. USC quarterback, so that brings it back to California here. I did watch watch part of the game because my son is into it. My son's a big sports fan. Uh, His game is mostly baseball. Baseball, but now he's uh, he's in sixth grade and he's got these things called fantasy leagues. He's on like a That's two of them. I like, just joined I don't my first know fantasy league. What this. the hell you're talking about? <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. got it. But you know what? Sitting on the couch watching a game with my boy is probably one of the. It's it's one of those moments that you're like. This is good. Well, then what would your boy say? Mark his words. Uh, are the Jets going to win a Super Bowl? <laughs> I, I think he's a Giants fan. Though, oh, so. yeah. so he's going to say, no. say no. Right. Yeah, I, no think, I think he's a Giants fan. But but he does. like He loves the Yankees because that's his main sport is of baseball. Course. But it's like, well, if another team's going to win, it might as well be the Mets because they're still New York. See, I've, like, I'm a native New Yorker. And like I've always had that feeling, too. Like I never was one of those, like, I can't root for the Giants because I'm a Jets fan. Or like mm-hmm. I can't go to a Yankees game because I'm a Mets fan. Like I like it's still like it's one of the blessings of living in a big, right. amazing city like we we have yeah, all of these teams. And you can take the subway there, which is so much easier than driving. This is true. This I is mean, true. Uh, okay. Uh, next one is, I, I think I know the answer to this. Uh, risotto. Is it, it's, it's out? It's, it's done? What do you think, risotto? Oh. <laughs> what? <Are you> mad? <laughs> Blasphemy. Blasphemy. Exactly. That's it. Blasphemy. Blasphemy. Uh, uh, risotto's here to stay, I, for yeah, God's sake. I, I mean, where else am I going to eat my truffles? I would also say <laughs> that I feel like uh, we've competed and like we've been on a bunch of things together. I feel like I've seen you make risotto at least 19 times, and we've only done three things together. I mean, why not, man? I mean, you're like, that's what you got to, you know, when sometimes works. you got to, sometimes you just got to get through it. You know, it, some, of those, a, some of those shows, especially when you're on grocery games with right. like uh, one time I went on there and he picked the letter F we could only cook with things with the letter F that's I'm right like, I'm sure this is what? one of the there's nothing out here there right. was like and they're like oh there's Funyuns I'm like oh come on I'm not cooking with that <laughs> right. I, I just morally I'm not cooking with that nice nice there goes the Funyun endorsement <laughs> no. yeah no uh, I know the, one the, of our ad sponsors the, hopefully in the future the, uh, but risotto the Funyun board <laughs> risotto is timeless right? uh, yeah timeless, timeless. And, so e- and so easy to screw up <laughs> um, yeah, but I mean, there's 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 ways around it. But you know, the one what you're talking about taking your food all the way. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, leftover risotto. What what better than frying it and making you know little uh, arancini? Little arancini, I one mean, of my favorite bar snacks ever. It, it's right? you know, it's it's yeah, that's it's a great it's a great way to use the leftovers, and it almost becomes better. I think it does. I think that's a good point. Okay, last one uh, for mark my words: adult entertainment restaurants. What the hell is that? Yeah, that's a good question. Like, you know, places where you, like, you play ping pong and stuff. I know I, I, I know that the, it was seemed like it was going a little bit more adult. Well, I thought you were right. You know, like, are you talking about strip clubs with steakhouses? <laughs> exactly. Is that what you're talking no, about? You're so that's savvy. Disgusting. You're so savvy, right, I don't, I don't, that I knew that at least yeah. there was going to be a pause there. Uh, but, like, you know, the place where you go and it's like... Uh, it's bowling, duck pin oh, bowling. Oh, bowling with uh, fine you know. cuisine. Or you haven't, ping, haven't ping seen pong How long have you been in L.A.? Have you not seen a ping pong restaurant in L.A.? There's got to be, like, 17 of them. Isn't there one in New York? Brooklyn has got to have like you know like the a Nothing. billiards place well, but it serves the, the only one I know about in Brooklyn wings. no the 
Brooklyn is the Brooklyn Bowl. That's okay. uh, you know the the Bromberg brothers right. have that out there, Blue Ribbon guys. Right. Um, but that's uh, yeah, that's probably the only one I've heard of. Actually, okay. no. You know what? In Brooklyn, I did hear recently, and this was totally it was it's a it's a shuffleboard yep. place. Yes. And, but you know what they do yes. is they have a garage door, and every day another food truck shows up, and that's where okay. they, that's how they okay. serve the food. Mm. So right. that's interesting. We I have a restaurant know. with a bocce court because we have a restaurant in Little Italy in San Diego. So like it's kind of it's just part of it. I, yeah. I have a I have a bocce uh, court in my house out in Long Island. Uh, and, of course. You well, do. I have bocce and pétanque because I'm obviously. Oh, that, that's a being, game most people don't even. Well, know. pétanque is just they're, a different size similar. ball. It's, oh, okay. it's, yeah. a, it's a yeah. metal ball actually, yeah. uh, and it's uh, it's it's what I used to play with my grandfather when I was younger in the south of France. It's it's mm-hmm. in in the south of France they call it boule, yeah. and then in the north they call it pétanque. And there's different different people call it different things. Will but, you be playing pétanque with Guy Fieri up in his ranch this week? I don't know. I don't know if he has a court up there. No, like what do you think? Like what's like cornhole. Uh, yeah, definitely. Got yeah, he's a cornhole of, it's, guy. It's, like, I don't even know, but like, there's no like, you know. I, I'm I'm pretty sure he's thrown a couple of cornhole bags in his life. Yeah. I bet you he's yeah. really good too. I'm probably. I'm he's just thinking. I'm just thinking of sitting down and having cocktails by the pool, and then getting up and cooking every once in a while. That's it's going to be fun. About. I'm jealous that I'm not going. Uh, last thing we do, Mark Murphy. First of all, thanks so much for hanging out with us, dude. Can yeah. we do another? Can we do a follow up? Sure. Uh, you know, next next time, next time I'm I'll around, find you New York. Girl. We go on the road, so I'll find you New York wherever you're at. Maybe I'll cruise up to the ranch and be like, Mark sent me. He's coming. Uh, The last thing we do is called 86. It's 86. One thing in the world or in your life or just generally, it could be serious or not, that you just want to 86, get rid of. Well, because I'm sitting here with you, the first thing that comes to mind is tweezers. Nice. Oh, I like that too. (laughs) And we end the podcast exactly how I thought we would start it. Totally. With a little, nice little, quick little jab right Uh, to the ribs, getting rid of tweezers. I agree. Are you more of a tongs guy? Yeah. Or a tong and a spat or what? Yeah, yeah, tongs. Tongs and a spatula and a serrated serrated knife. Oh, yeah. I bet you you're a wooden spoon guy too, aren't you? Aren't you? Yeah, like yeah, I knew that. Like, 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 like a little carnal reaction spoon. right there. The wooden spoon. Uh, Mark Murphy, anything you want to uh, uh, plug or anything you got upcoming? No, I'm Besides just you know, being an all over Food Network, just being, running just multiple restaurants, a Renaissance man, having fun. Awesome, just, you dude. know, everybody keep it up, keep up, keep up the fun. We're not here that long, so awesome. might as well enjoy it while we're here. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. Listen, everyone, uh, this was an amazing episode. I know you loved it. Do us a favor, head on over to iTunes, 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 yeah, not iTunes, which is my fitness uh, digital fitness brand that I'm working on. Uh, give us a review. Uh, I think it's worth five stars. We've got a lot of five star reviews, so we really appreciate that. Uh, subscribe to the podcast. Hey, listen, it's free, so it's not hard. Just take like 30 seconds and hit subscribe. Uh, and until next week, stay hungry. Thanks for listening to Starving for Attention with Richard Blaze. Download new episodes every Tuesday on the Podcast One app, Apple Podcasts, or PodcastOne.com. Hey, everyone. Uh, thank you so much for listening. This was a great episode with Mark Murphy. And thank you to our sponsor who made this all possible today. Sponsor, True Car. You're always there for us, True Car. Thank Truly, you, True Car. always there. Visit True Car for a better car buying experience. <laughs>